The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of Future Stars of Wrestling, that's FSW here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. And Joe, it's a big week here for you. Because you're finally, after a year plus in waiting, getting a chance to do the anniversary show that uh, the fans are definitely uh, anticipating here this coming weekend. Well, you know, it's crazy because like, you know, three or four weeks ago, it's like, oh, we got plenty of time. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, the show's in place. (laughs) And, you know... By having a 30-man rumble, we really added a lot of uh, bodies to the show. So, you know, and and the rumble match is probably one of the most difficult ones to put together. So there's just a lot going on. Well, let's let's start in general, um, you know, going into this week. Now, keep in mind, anyone who's watching and listening, that this is not only happening on Friday, June 18th. But also Saturday, June 19th. So it is two days of a show, which if it's going by uh, WWE WrestleMania standards, then we're in, what, about four and a half hours each show. Uh, <laughs> what What is it like when you wake up on Sunday morning going into this week of uh, getting everything ready for the production? Well, I think Sunday was like the calm before the storm because you can't do a lot of business on Sunday. So yesterday, you know, we hadn't even had the contract signed. We had the agreement. And so yesterday uh, I had to go to the venue. And the first thing I had to do was uh, bring them a check. So we bring a check. And it turns out the owner was there as well as the guy that Randy that I'm dealing with. And I guess uh, the lady in charge of the bar. So we had to go over some things that they were unaware of. So they were trying to get, you know, where they were going to put the concessions. Because generally they have a bar and you would sit on a bar top or at a table and you would order food. Right. Well, this is a little different because we're going to have, you know, seats. So we had discussed the menu and they were going to do the typical, you know, hot dogs, chili dogs type thing, nachos. And I told them we needed at least one more food item, and I recommended chicken fingers. So chicken fingers will be on the menu. And then they got some pretzels and popcorn and snacks to go along with the full bar, as well as, you know, soda and water. Uh, you know, our deal is contingent on having a food and you know, drink guarantee. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of bumped it a little bit, which 
you know, it is what it is because the contract wasn't signed. Okay. But we also have the after party and, you know, that that's going to count toward the food and beverage. So that, that kind of washed it there. So it wasn't too bad. And then the after party, we had to get the menu for that. And they're doing, you know, a couple types of pasta, some lemon pepper chicken. Uh, I think he said some some kind of squash thing and dessert. And, you know, the, the, the regular beverages are free. If somebody wants, you know, a beer, obviously they'd have to purchase it. But we're doing that for 25 bucks. It's an after party. You know, a lot of the wrestlers will be there mixing and mingling. So that was the first step yesterday of, of getting stuff. Then we had to talk uh, to the audio guy and the sound uh, and the video guy. Problem is the audio and video guy, they work at Virgin Hotels also. So they've been busy with the Christina Aguilera thing. There was a boxing event. Yeah. So Joey and the production still have not been able to get in there. As of now, they're not going to get in there till Thursday evening at 5. We kind of wanted to do a run-through. So talked with the audio guy. Everything seems to be good. He knows exactly what we need. Uh, we're, we're hoping to meet the video guy today or tomorrow. But now Joey's got some work to do uh, with the eSports guys. So wow. the video being that it's a live stream – We've been there before, you know, he did it with uh, Meet Las Vegas for GCW and but there was also a lot of help on GCW's part. Right. So, you know, this we're, we got to slide in and, you know, there's not a lot of hands on deck. So, you know, I freed myself up, you know, at Joey's request because you know how he is, uh, you know, every, every deal is the biggest deal in the world. So we got D'Lo Brown on commentary. Right. So Joe Falco can go back to the old ways of running around like a chicken without a head, back and forth, talent, production, the venue people, you know, somebody whining about something, you know, something not working. And it was it's really difficult when I do commentary because now they – either try to do something that wasn't okayed and then their excuses well you were on commentary so we couldn't talk to you i had mentioned it to joey you know we had an issue it was like uh at the last show like for some reason and again miranda love miranda as a ring announcer but I'm actually sitting next to her when she's, you know, getting ready to announce before she walks up. Right. And all of a sudden we have a nine match show. And then in match six, they decide they're doing a Japanese entrance. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh, you know, they asked, I talked to Joey. I'm like, okay, first off, you don't talk to Joey. You talk to me. <laughs> then second, I'm not the hugest fan of a Japanese intro for the thing. But if you are going to do it once, you do it at the main event, not on the sixth match when there's nine matches on the show. Right. And it's like, you know, little shit like that that makes me go crazy. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, I understand I'm doing commentary, but I was also there uh, at 3.30 for 7 o'clock show. Maybe you could have brought something up to <laughs> So no excuses. I'm going to be there the whole time. I'll be roaming around. 
You know, there's a locker room for the guys. You know, there's a, a spot for the production, which is right next to their, you know, their master board that we are going to utilize. So Thursday at five, we're going to go in and set everything up. The ring's going to be put in there at six, you know, and then, you know, Friday, the day starts early. If I can't get somebody, I got to pick up EC3 at 1030 in the morning at the airport. Wow. You know, uh, Casey Navarro, he's not coming in until six o'clock at night. So now I got one of the guys. Yeah, that was the only flight that we could do at that point. But, you know, he's either in the semi-main or the main event. So he's not going to be on until at least 9 o'clock. So there's plenty of time. But it's like, well, you got to hope there's no plane delay. And now I got to get one of the students, you know, to shoot over there to get him. It isn't like at the school shows where you hop off the airport and you can literally walk and it'll only take you 20 minutes. So, you know, it's a two-minute drive. You know, this is the Orleans. It's Friday night. Eh, you know, it'll be a little busier on the strip. You know, we're right next to it. Probably get off the Russell Road exit, and it's like right off there. Right. But, you know, with students, you have no idea how long they've been in town and how they know how to get around, you know, the shortcuts. So then Friday, you know, call time is like 2 o'clock. We know most people won't get there at 2, and especially the out-of-state guys that are coming in. Right. You know. But the idea is to get him in there slowly. But then they see buddies they haven't seen in weeks or months, and they start bullshitting. And it's like, hey, we need pictures. We need video. <laughs> you know, we need some stuff. Uh, guys want to, you know, talk about different things. And then at 5 o'clock, we are doing a meet and greet. Right. And. We got the first meet and greet, which shouldn't take too long because it was supposed to be Leo Rush and Chris Bay, but now we're we're adding EC3 to the mix. Uh, so that should be about 20 minutes, and then we'll do the regular meet and greet where all the wrestlers will have, you know, maybe you know they could sign the poster, and generally that's their time from 5:20 to 6 will be the limited meet and greet people, and then at 6 we'll have the regular doors open. And, of course, they'll have their tables still set up, and they're going to try to sell merch and make a few bucks because most of the time the fans are very supportive of the wrestlers, and they're they're looking to buy a new shirt. And, you know, hopefully a lot of our talent has gotten some new stuff, you know, in that this is one of the first, especially locally, the biggest show we're going to be having, and we're really dedicating it to a meet and greet and the opportunity for guys to wrestle. So then, you know, and then at seven o'clock, you know, doors are going to open. I mean, uh, the the bell it's bell time. Bell time. Yeah. You know, we have a pre-show match scheduled. We got sky high in the pre-show match, but you know, right now it's set. The card is seven matches uh, because of the rumble taking up. So in reality, it's a nine-match card, which I was to do eight, but it's a nine-match card. Uh, night two looks like it's going to be an eight match card. So after the show's over on Friday, now we're going to have to wristband everybody when they come through the door, blah, blah, blah. We got different wristbands, VIPs, you know, first row, second row, the rest just GA. They can get stamped. No big deal. So the show ends. Then there's going to be a station for people to, you know, get the buffet food. Well, we got to make sure the fans who paid the big money, uh, you know, they get first access. Right. Uh, wrestlers, 
you know, our staff is has the ability to stick around and eat, and the venue's only charging ten bucks for the wrestlers. Okay. So, yeah. you know, after a show, if you go to Denny's or whatever, it's you know, or Applebee's, Chili's, whatever, it's it's fifteen to twenty five bucks a piece to begin with. Yeah. So, you know, as the guy said. You know, we can't just do dollar hot dogs. They don't do crappy food. Yeah. You know, it's like we don't have cooks. We have chefs. So it's kind of putting together and showcasing their venue because they're looking to do other things, concerts, you know, on top of, you know, corporate events, private events. You know, we're hoping that everything works good so we can get there, you know, four to six times a year because, we have 250 chairs, and then we have at least 120 of the tabletops. Okay. So, you know, people who've gotten the family four-pack and things like that, we are going to be seating them on, on the four-top tables. So it'll be a little bit of a different atmosphere in the future. You know, we could turn it into like a bottle service area, you know, hey, for four – you know, you get a tabletop and it costs X amount of dollars and you get this, that, and the other thing, whether it's food and it's a total package. Yeah. But you know, let's get past the first show first. And, you know, again, there, there, there's just so much, you know, that needs to be done that, you know, it's insanity. Let me ask you uh, uh, regarding uh, there's two um, things I, I I'm really curious about in terms of the inclusion. The first would be, do they have uh, their own lighting trust there or you guys have to bring lighting? And number two, do we you... don't. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, we don't need to bring anything. There's a 22 foot LED wall behind us. Nice. Behind the stage. Uh, the stage is about three feet high. There's no actual trussing, but they got, uh, an amazing light system sure. that will handle lights on the entrance, obviously the lights inside the ring, the sound system. They, they generally do the Vegas Golden Knights watch party there. Okay. And, you know, I'm hearing thunderstruck blaring, and it's not even blaring, and you can see it's probably on pretty low, and the system is still thumping. So wow. it's going to be loud in there, and it's going to be exciting. And, you know, we got – all, all of our best talent there, you know, unfortunately, our buddy Davari, you know, uh, scheduled to wrestle Remy for, I believe, the second or third time that has now fallen through. Uh, Sean called me up and he was like, hey, because he had to make the call to court at MLW, Scott the Amor at Impact. Right. You know, he's working all over the place, you know, and it was like, uh, I believe, like Tuesday. And he was like, yeah, I got the call yesterday. They're like, uh, can you be at SmackDown on Friday? And he's back work, working as an agent. And as disappointing it is, it's really great to know that we now have one of our guys, Sean Davari, as an agent who can now maybe help us out, like the tryouts coming up. Right. You know, hey. Maybe he could put the word in for, for some of our top guys, you know, to get that look at. Yeah. Because, you know, besides that, we have Steve Carino, 
whose sister's Alice in Danger, who trains at the school. And, you know, she was, you know, very hands-on with Lacey and Jay Vidal and Matt Vandegrift and Damian Drake. So I'm pretty sure a little nudge that way yeah. is not going to hurt. And, you know, even Sin Bodhi has been, you know, called in to be a guest trainer down at NXT. So, right. you know, the more the merrier, you know. Make us a developmental, will ya? You know, back like UPW days, West Coast. Seriously, at at this point, it's like, yeah, why why wouldn't you? Um, so yeah, so we replaced the WWE agent with the head of creative for Impact Wrestling and five time Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion Jimmy Jacobs to now wrestle Remy Marcel. Jimmy's on the card. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. So we're making moves. It's like, you know, Remy Marcel could have a great match against, you know, any one of our guys that are on the roster in the Rumble. But it was like we were talking to Willie Mack. We were trying to get that done. Uh, we, you know, we wanted to make sure the replacement was somebody that either A, was like a Willie Mack who everybody loves. That would be great, you know, you know, show up, you know, replacement for Sean Devari. And then uh, Jimmy Jacobs, he's in Phoenix, so he had been hitting me up. And he had just hit me up about two weeks ago. Hey, I saw you guys were running. Just let you know, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get back in. Love to work with you. You know, D'Lo put in the plug for him. And now we got the head of, uh, you know, Impact Talent Relations sitting there doing commentary. I'm pretty sure if he's really enjoying somebody's match, he is going to have them on the impact radar. Yeah. So, you know, it's not only a great opportunity, you know, to be on the show. It's a great opportunity to network. Hey, D'Lo, here's this info. Here, Jimmy Jacobs, here's this info. You know, so, you know. It's exciting. That's really exciting. Um, especially because uh, a guy like Jimmy, boy – you know, he, he gets all the kudos on the creative end, but he is a very solid in-ring guy. And that also brings uh, someone, you know, like him into the mix where Remy is beloved by the fans and Jimmy is great at getting heat. So, wow, that's that's amazing. That's a great, great uh, step-up replacement. Right. So, so Remy likes that dynamic. You know, even though he'd love to wrestle Willie Mack, he knows it's a little more difficult. It's a baby-baby match. You know, people are going to hear both ways. Because we actually, in Mesquite, at When Stars Collide, Willie and Remy tag-teamed because I had another, one of my brilliant tag-team names, they were the Aphrodisiacs. Oh, no. (laughs) You know, and... You know, I got to give myself kudos because that, that's an awesome name for those guys. You know, so not anymore, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, I'm like, oh, that, there we go. So I've always liked to name tag teams. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of uh, tag teams, um, what is the – so how is it – is the RMB – versus death proof 
that is now for the title. And then is that title getting defended the next night by the team? It who is. Wins? There will be a title defense the next night because the winner of the night one matchup was scheduled to wrestle the unguided night two. Right. So why wouldn't we have the new champs defend on night two? Excellent. Excellent. And so, so basically now night two, you have a mystery opponent for the tag titles, and then you'll have the, um, the winner of the rumble for the championship. Um, what what else night two does uh, do you have on tap for uh, the card? Because I'm more familiar with night one right now, but night two I'm still kind of figuring out what is uh, the actual lineup going to be. Right, Ice Williams is going to defend against Danny Limelight, and if Limelight happens to win the rumble, then I guess he's doing double duty. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, we also have uh, the Suavecitos and Adrian Quest will uh, be in a six-man tag together on uh, night two. Uh, unless uh, Graves was unable to make the rumble, uh, so he'll be there night two. And he's actually penciled in. Uh, you want to talk about the Battle of the Bruiserweights? He's scheduled to wrestle uh, Toa Leona. Uh, <laughs> Uso. So, you know, we also got class on the card. And here, I'm trying to find my papers here, night two. Oh, and, and then the one that might be uh, what a lot of people could consider the match of the night TJ Perkins against Matt Vandegrift. Yeah, uh, I, I, just, oh, Matt, I just. Matt needed something to do. So. I think we gave him something that uh, might be uh, very interesting for him. My my only question is is the uh, deposit non refundable because those two literally probably will tear down the house. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. You know, and uh, when when I got the message from TJ and he was inquiring about it, and then we found out because we found out a little bit sooner about Damian Drake. It was kind of like, well, this looks like the perfect spot because we're not going to leave Matt Vandegriff off the anniversary show because Damian Drake's injured. So what could we do? And it's like, wow, you know, that one kind of just booked itself and fell right into our laps. It's like TJ was available. Vandegriff needed uh, an, an opponent now for night two. And boom. And then he decided he's entering himself in the rumble. And he wants to go coast to coast like he almost did uh, the last Rumble we had. Right. So we know number one is Nino Black after he lost the uh, the four-way match to Feast or Famine. And Matt Vandergriff has been inserted as number two. And we know Toa is number 30. <laughs> I, you know, I have to say, and I think that this – you know, it showed throughout the pandemic, but Matt Vandergriff has, he has gone from being a very good promising prospect to someone who I just, I am speechless sometimes when I see not only the spots, because he's not a, he's not 
a spot monkey by any means. He has the storytelling ability. And, you know, it's a shame that Damien's out, but it's also really nice that Matt's getting that opportunity to work a guy like TJP. Um, and you kind of mentioned it very briefly, but the WWE is having their tryouts here um, SummerSlam week. Do you look at someone like uh, Vandegrift, someone like Jay Vidal, uh, some of those guys, uh, maybe even Hero Lou, would it be, do you do you get behind them and try to um, get them in the ring even more, uh, you know, weekly or daily during the week so that they're ready for something like that? How does, how does, how do you as a promoter, as a school as well, prepare these guys to go into an open uh, call for the biggest company out there? Well, unfortunately, that's up to them. You know, I can't make somebody come in. I can't make somebody be ready. You know, Lacey wasn't waiting for anybody. Lacey wanted to get it done. So she was at the at the facility five, six, seven days a week. Yeah. You know, and she wasn't training by herself. And when Jay Vidal came back, you know, he kind of became part of that group with uh, Damian Drake and Matt Vandegrift. And they're there all the time, just working and working and working and working. And, you know, I've already put, you know, my mentions in, you know, like Davari, hey, I owe you one, blah, blah, blah. You know, one offer, I, I think he might be able to get me some tickets, number one. But number two was like, hey, they're doing a tryout, you know, can you look into it that way? Maybe, you know, some of our top guys, because. You know, he's been in the ring with a hero, Lou, and sees a lot of potential. Right. And when he was in the ring with Sephifah, too, he was like, oh, yeah, he, he this guy's good, you know. And when that guy says that and they're looking for new talent, you know, you don't really need him. To, you don't need to push him, but it, it, it helps when you say, hey, can you uh, do us a favor and, you know, make sure that these guys get an opportunity at least – to be looked at because you know in most situations you're a thousand people are trying to get that spot you can't go through everything you, you right. know what i mean and it's a difficult process and who they're going to pick and choose so hopefully with the sean devari or a steve carino or allison or kevin cross recommending people it, it helps that tryout situation yeah um, speaking of uh, some uh, talented people here, um, it looks like we've just been joined by one of the one of my favorite up uh, up and comers who's uh, really blazing the uh, the industry on fire right now. Danny Limelight, Danny, how you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on, Matt? What's up, Joe? How you doing, man? Yo, yo, yo! I'm on my way down to the jacuzzi to go chill with some females real quick, but. You know, I got my my swimsuits on, but I saw the I saw the message. I was like, let me pop in real quick, see who's on here, see you know, show some love. What's good? Well, you know, Danny, we got the uh, we're talking about the anniversary show. You uh, that's this weekend. Yeah, man, you're getting some opportunities here in Vegas. Um, what's it like for you getting all this attention right now? Because you are, man, since the last time we talked, you. You've climbed the ladder quickly. You've skipped rungs and just gone up. 
Are you excited yeah. to come to Vegas? And and how is uh, the the business been treating you, man? Man, first of all, I'm on, I want to thank Joe for bringing me back out. You know, we've been talking for a long time. I've known Joe on social media and in person for a few years now. And he's been waiting for the right time to do this. So it's kind of exciting for me to come out to Vegas. You know, um, I love the FSW arena. The crowds are always hot. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's exciting, man, coming out here for a two-night anniversary show. It's a huge show. It's a huge accomplishment milestone for Joe and the team. So it's, it's an honor to come out there and show out. You know, I got you know, two opportunities, you know, the 30 man rumble and a shot at the no limits champion, you know, the self-proclaimed coldest champion, the game ice Williams and his little crew of bozos, you know what I'm saying? They've been running around doing whatever they want in Vegas for the last year, you know, Bay left, you know what I'm saying? So all of a sudden ice thinks he can go around, do whatever he wants. So, you know, it's, I'm coming out there to take the belt. Joe know what he's doing. Joe, Joe's tired of ice and his shit. So he's bringing somebody out there to take it from him. That's all it is. And now with the 30 man rumble, you know what I'm saying? I can very well walk in there Friday, win the Rumble, walk in Saturday, beat Ice, and then main event the show again, and then beat Hammerstone, who's, you know, killing it himself all over the place, and become a double champion. Then what I'll do, I'll take both those belts, come back to Cali, jump right in the jacuzzi with them, open a bottle of Hennessy, take a couple shots, and just chill. It'll be a whole vibe. You talk about everything I've been doing in the business, man. It's been a blessing to be able to go, you know, on a plane every day. I'm flying somewhere, staying at a hotel. You know, I'm in this city, that city, whether it's with New Japan Strong, AEW, United Wrestling Network, everything far and near in between, wrestling the best in the world. Uh, Ice, man, just, just listen up, Ice. You good. You cold, Ice. But you ain't colder than New York City on, man. So I'm excited to come out and show out for the fans, man. This is going to be a good weekend. It's going to be fun. And I'm partying every night, too, so... Joe, well, what uh, what are your uh, thoughts about uh, having Danny back uh, in in the fold here uh, for this weekend? Well, number one, it's good to have a fellow New Yorker and mostly another fellow Puerto Ricanio like uh, yeah. Dynamite. Hopefully, he's going to bring some uh, pasteles as a little tribute. <laughs> to, uh, I'll bring the pasteles, Joe. You bring the Hennessy. We'll call it a party. You know, and, and the thing with Danny is. We've been back and forth and back and forth, an injury here, an injury there. He actually, the only appearance he made at FSW was at a Rumble a, a couple of years ago. And, you know, basically what, what I think it really was, was he held off to where he knew I'd have to pay him more money than those. <laughs> and that early, those early numbers that he, he was forcefully agreeing upon, you know, now, now he had to raise the rates. But, you know, bottom line is he went out there, you know, he went to AEW and he got on their radar and obviously, you know, he impressed them so much. Now he's on the regular show. You know, he is a he's a regular on AEW. He got a spot that a lot, you know, people could say whatever they want. Oh, yeah, he's on AEW dark. And I jokingly talk about how some guys, you know, they all of a sudden they raise their rate five times. Well, Danny's raising his rate because he's on all the time. He's not a guy that they used one time. He got jobbed out in two minutes, got his ass beat. Thank you. Good night. Never see him again. But some of those guys rest on their laurels on the fact that they got one or two appearances. Yeah, nah. Turned his one appearance into now he's there almost every show, similar to Brian Pillman. Like he came in. Yeah. Brian obviously was in MLW and ha had a little more name value at the time, but Danny's gotten to be in the ring with Phoenix and, and, and 
all the biggest names that a Omega, Moxley, you know, all your guys, Brian Cage. I know that's one of your boys too, you know. Yeah. So it's it's like you said, Joe. Um, it wasn't like I showed up one day, got my ass whooped, and bounced. Nah, I'm there every week, whether it's on Monday Night Limelight's Elevation or it's on AEW Dark or my one appearance on Dynamite against Kenny Omega or on Fridays with New Japan. I, I'm, I've been putting in the work this last year, man. I've been sharpening my tools. I've been wrestling the best. The only way you get better is by wrestling people that are better than you. And when I step into the ring with some who are, you know, very arguably well can be considered the best in the world right now, whether you're talking about Omega or you're talking about Mox or you're talking about Phoenix or you're talking about the Rocky Romeros and like that from New Japan. There's so many types of people that I've wrestled that I feel like, you know, I have slowly, like you said, uh, Matt, jumped the rungs, climbed up the ladder. I, I think I'm the hottest free agent right now, baby. That's not because one thing. Remember, it's like, hey, you know, to the outside world, wow, this Danny Limelight man, he really, you know, is exploding. Boy, that what a fast thing! But he's been busting his ass for years before that, yeah. before he got this opportunity. So it's not an overnight, an overnight story of like, what a success story. This guy just started and he became a star. No, he put in the work and now all of a sudden people are paying attention and people are, you know, noticing, you know, what he's brought to the table. And just over the last year myself, I could just see whether it's the confidence, you know, whether it, it it's feeling appreciated by people that I always heard back in the day, you know, a boxer becomes so much better when he wins the title than when he's fighting for the title. Because now you you may think in your mind you're the best, but until you actually can go out there and prove it, now you're on that pedestal and you want to see uh, – and now you're waiting for other people to try to knock you off and you don't want to get off that pedestal. Right. And the best of the best are guys that are hungry for that. They want that opportunity. They want to say, oh, shit, you know what? Man, I, I thought I was better than this guy, but you know what? He, he's damn good, and now they're working harder to be there. I've seen too many complacent guys in the business that it doesn't matter if they get to level three, they stop. They get to level five, they stop. Guys like Hammerstone, Bay, Cross, Lacey, they were never happy just being my champion. They were never just happy being – a top local guy. They always had another goal. Thanks. When Danny probably got to New Japan, it was like, oh, cool, I got on New Japan. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, AEW's coming up. Like, you want to be the best of the best, and you can't be if you don't believe it in yourself that you can be that guy. Facts. Everything you said is facts, Joe. Uh, you know, and speaking of that, Danny, let me ask you just uh, really quick. Uh, how Are you still able to uh, work with uh, Papo Esco? Yeah, the bodega's still open for business, baby. We still running, you know, we still United Wrestling Network Tag Team Champs. We've been champs almost 200 days, seven successful title defenses. You know, with a, me, Papo, and Slice Boogie, we're the best thing on that show. Nobody's been able to stop us. You know, we have a, basically a, a successful title defense every month. We're fighting champs. We're doing our thing. You know, you talk about things that I've been doing. Let's talk about Slice Boogie. Let's talk about the fact that Slice Boogie is killing it at the United Wrestling Network, and then he's killing it on NWA Power. Let's talk yeah. about Papo Esco who's an up-and-coming star that most people didn't even know about until last year, who's yep. now slowly making his rounds. So the bodega itself is, is, is awesome. We're still strong. We're still talking every day. We still go out. We get drinks. We have a good time. And we're ready. You know, I know that, you know, the bodega wasn't invited to this anniversary show, 
even though I know for a fact walking into a match with, with Ice that I'm going to have the uh, Slice Boogie was invited. Uh, he had other uh, uh, obligations. To take care of, just so you know. Okay, okay. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't, you know, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So I'm walking into this fight with where, you know, Lights, Camera, Faction has, I think it's like four of those clowns. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm not, just because I'm calling them a clown, I'm calling them bozos, doesn't mean I'm taking away from their talent. I know how talented Ice Williams is. I've been in the ring with him before. I've beat him before. It wasn't an easy fight. I know how talented all the other guys are. I've, I've seen their stuff online. I see the, the, the FSW fans talking about the way they're doing things. I see what they did to Sefa. I see what they did to Bay. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not walking in here blindfolded. You know what I'm saying? I'm not coming down like this. You know, I'm coming down with my eyes open, ready to rock. So, you know, let's just let's just keep it a fair one, Ice. If you really are the coldest champ, let's just keep it me and you. Leave your goonies at home. That way I don't got to call Slice or Papo and bring them down. Or I don't got to call Team Filthy. No, let, let's keep let's keep the crews out of this and let's just make it between me and you. You know, uh, I got a little bounty for you. You know, there's an extra 20 in it if you lay out Braxton for me. <laughs> say, say less. Say say less. He talks a lot on Twitter. He talks, uh, he talks a lot, period. <laughs> um, as we uh, kind of uh, get close to wrapping up here, um, Danny, when you think about uh, the crowd here and, um, you know, what does it mean to you to be able to uh, perform in front of the Vegas fans uh, who are some of the best fans out there in uh, the wrestling community? What, what does that do for you as a performer? Does it get you hyped up? Does it get you, you know, in a different mindset than, you know, maybe just you know, working a show on a random Thursday night or something like that. Yeah. Um, first of all, the fans is what take you to the next level. If it wasn't for the fans that would tweet in, oh man, watch Danny Limelight, check out Danny Limelight, oh, Danny Limelight killed it, yada, yada, yada. If it's not for the fans that are screaming, you know, when I was making my rounds in the in local independent scene back in the day that were buying my merchandise, asking for photos, things of that nature, I wouldn't have gotten this far. You know, I wouldn't have seen that instant gratification that you get from the fans when you go out and you perform. So coming to FSW, you know, I remember the, 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 the rumble that I appeared in last year. And I remember the reaction that I got from them. And it's been so long since I've been in front of fans up until recently when I wrestled in front of fans at AEW when they came back. Yeah. I'm excited to come back to my first independent show with fans. I know it's going to be insane. It's a stacked card. You got freaking Chris Bay, Casey Navarro, Danny Limelight, Ice Williams, Alexander Hammerstone, you know, Matt Vandegrift, TJ Perkins, EC3 making an appearance. You know what I'm saying? So many big names on this card. Joe, Joe, you know what I'm saying, did his homework and really put something special together. So I know that the electricity in that building is going to be insane. The fans are going to be insane. And I'm just coming to sprinkle a little sasson, do my little dance, and walk out with two championships, sell all my merch, and drive back in my brand-new sports car to beautiful California. Joe, I cannot wait. To be there this weekend to all the fans make sure you come out me head dead we are gonna be in the building it's gonna be a movie don't miss it and joe uh final thoughts uh on this weekend coming up here and uh where can fans uh get tickets and remember you can order the pay-per-view on fight tv as well yep you can order it on fight tv it's uh 14.99 each day we got uh both nights for 24.99 you get to see Danny Limelight both nights, so that that alone's worth the uh, price, price of, of admission. <laughs> yeah, there there will be tickets available at the door. 
Uh, front row sold out. First night, I think we got like four tickets left for the second night, but we still got some second rows and we got general admission. Uh, you can get them online or you could even come, you get them at the door. And then we have an after party Friday night. So it's going to be a big, huge event. It's going to be a big party. You know, we are open for business as much as we've done over the last year at the FSW arena. You know, we finally are having our, you know, it's that breakout night, you know, a, a anniversary making up for uh, last year's being canceled. And we are extremely excited uh, about what's going to be happening this weekend. It's going to be great. There you have it, everyone. And please, again, I urge you, if you uh, are not around the Las Vegas area, if you can't, if you can't make it out uh, for the show itself in person, please uh, order it on Fight TV. Take advantage of the twenty four ninety nine because it's going to be worth it for the two nights. You're going to get, you know, anywhere from six to eight hours of wrestling. So it's definitely worth it. It's a stack card, as the gentlemen have been saying, and uh, we just can't wait to uh, be there, be a part of it, and uh, hope everyone listening and watching uh, finds some way to see the show because uh, it's going to be something very special. And with that, Danny, thank you for uh, popping on. Really appreciate yes, it, sir. man. Thank uh, you for having me. Absolutely. And Joe, uh, whew, I just uh, I can't wait until... Uh, father's day which is the day after where you will be able to finally breathe rest and uh, relax and enjoy your day oh no i won't but that's okay <laughs> and i get my daughter all right guys i'm a highlight shot all right later all right and everyone watching thank you very much and take care and we'll see you guys next time <laughs>